Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. Man, We're- we are back. After the LaRuda episode, I almost didn't want to talk to you. It was uh, two hours. It was a long time. Uh, but also, tell me if you feel this after, you know, if, so LaRuda, you've done LaRuda before, so it wasn't a first time big deal for you. Um, there's the highest of highs. Like there's the finishing it, and then there was coming back and getting to finish it, or like share it rather, which was like another high. And then there's like a little bit of like the flatness and emptiness of of being done. Yeah, yeah. So you you and I were chatting on the phone on my way over here. I was uh, I was feverishly pedaling a single speed <laughs> gravel bike to get here, which. <laughs> When riding on flat roads, pedaling a single-speed gravel bike is akin to taking one of those like uh, flat-edge jackhammers, you know, that they used to really like tamp down the concrete, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just putting that to the connective tissue between the two areas there in your sits. Right. So uh, that was fun, and we were chatting, and you said, "I don't really know what we're going to talk about." I go, "I got you." And the fact that you just said what you said means that we we have this thing, dude. We got this like <laughs> thing going on. Um, the web the uh, the search field in my Google right now on my phone says the says dopamine shut off post event. Okay. Just so I could reference some stuff that was smarter than just me. You know, I think I'm <laughs> relatively smart. But if people want to fact check me, I wanted to be able to offer up some resources for it. And sure. so yeah, I got all these things here. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about because you know, I've I've read a lot about the mind-body connection and what the athlete can do and how do you foment like this endurance mindset, right? All mm-hmm. of these tricks and hacks, which I use personally in racing all the time. Mm-hmm. You covered it in the LaRuda episode. Like you did some self-talk for sure to get through that thing um, in between the days and in between the hills. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about attaining a goal is that the dopamine, that drug that's such powerful, the drug that sends so many of us to like, illicit drug use. It can go, it can turn on you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dopamine's a wild thing because it really only is coursing through our system when we're in pursuit of the thing. Mm -hmm. And once you get the thing, it's not that it slows down, it's a hard shut off. And I've coached on this in the gym. It's not a taper. No, you don't taper for, you don't have like, (laughs) man, I still feel pretty good. I don't feel as good, but like I'm kind of good. Like, no, as soon as the goal is attained, and this is Evidence backed. So, for those of you that are those types of people, you know, and you want to go to nature.com, you want to go to PNAS.org, you want to go, yeah, if you want to go to these places, healthline.com, if you don't trust me um, and you want to go to goodtherapy.org, you want to go and search this stuff up, go for it. But when we attain the goal, dopamine hard shuts off. You go from glorious shower to no water. And that can be really tough. Um, And that's kind of where I. not because I observe your training, right? Yeah. You didn't slow down. Real, I mean, you took a little bit after Yeah, I, mean, I think it's natural to take a, yeah. a week. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you, should take, um, you should take some time to recover, yeah. right? So that you can recover. Mm-hmm. But you're back in your training. You got a new training block. You're executing it. So you're doing the work, but that feeling, right? That like right. urge, that's a hard shut off. And yeah. it is, it's a tough field to navigate. I noticed it. It manifested even on Monday, knowing that I had to go out and do a three-hour race pace ride. And just 
really not wanting to. And it, that wasn't something that I had experienced much in the five months leading up to LaRuda. I hadn't really experienced that deep not wanting to go get on the bike. Yeah, it's... Well, first off, your bike was just clapped out by the time you got it back. So it was time to play with other bikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which um, I did. So I was driving back from... I had the Crested Butte camp last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was driving back from the camp, and I was talking with Abby, and I actually soft-tossed Abby a hell of an idea when we were in Crested Butte. And when I soft-toss ideas, much like LaRuda to you on air in a podcast with a live recording... I like to soft toss these things in a public setting. I mean, let's not get it twisted. I could have just had D edit that whole part out. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I soft tossed to Abby. Hey, you know, we have people doing the Breck Epic. Mm-hmm. We've got, I uh, got a guy, a guy from Colombia, two guys from Colombia that I met at, at Guero Guan that are coming up. I said, you guys can join our squad. Like, we'll help support you. Mm-hmm. And then the two guys from Laruda, right? The Star Cars guys, they're mm-hmm. coming up. And so I was like, I'm going to be there anyway. Um, I'm like, Ab, we could do it co-ed. Co-ed duo. And she goes, you want to get divorced? <laughs> and at first I think she thought I meant on a tandem. I go, no, not a tandem. You just ride together. She yeah. goes, still, like, this could really stress our relationship. And I go, yeah, could stress it. Or... But well, and when you do start, like a broken arm comes back, better arm, sure. right? So, um, of course, it's going to stress it, right? Uh, because she'll be stressed and I'll be like happy go lucky, having a good time, being like, man, this is so much fun. And so, I brought up the idea of doing the Breck Epic, and she had just finished the camp and she's sitting in the passenger seat of the van. We're driving 285 now, we're between Fair Play and Kenosha Pass. And she's like, I just feel so beat up. And I go, you know, the key with these camps, or the key with LaRuda, or the key with a great like weekend worth of training, or a month worth of training, or a season, like a quarter of training, is that instead of thinking of it as like training's done, batched, settled, off to the side, it's just, it's a leveling system where you just keep going up. So how do I leverage the fact that I could do all that hard work into the next thing? Mm-hmm. And as an event chaser, you know me, I'm an event chaser, finishing an event can, can come with that dopamine shutoff that just blocks you up and just kind of goes, well, what am I doing now? Or if the focus is always, how do I leverage that? You know, when we were coming back from Costa Rica, I remember you called me and you were like, and we said in the last episode, you're like, well, what next international race are we going to do? So that's the mindset I think that really helps keep that stoke going and offsets what, what happens. Like physiological effects of that shutoff in the brain are tough. But if you say, how do I leverage it? So that's kind of where we are right now. 100%. Um, so the hilarious thing about the dopamine shutoff and the chasing and all that is starting five days from now, I still have three big events. Yeah, lay Firecra- Firecracker's not. I, I shouldn't diminish it, mm-hmm. but relative to what we collectively in No Ride Around tend to pursue, a 25-mile, 3,000-foot, half of a race with a partner isn't huge, but nope. it's, it's to be taken seriously. Uh, I mean, for you, did you notice what your training week, because you texted me yesterday, like, Hey, just want to confirm, like we're on a full taper for a firecracker. And I was like, Nope. Yeah. And I sent you the training schedule. Yeah. It's really not a taper. No, it's, it's a, it's a little back off. It's a little back off on, um, Friday and a little back off on Sunday, mm-hmm. but like Saturday you're doing a threshold effort. Yeah. Right. And it's because your, your capacity now 
is far greater than a 25 mile race. So we don't need to do like a full recovery for you to get into it and not for nothing. And you know, I love you guys to death, but you and Colin also are not like, you're not looking for a podium in the men's duo. No, like it's no. not going to happen only because there will be like pro riders as a duo. So the duo is the biggest field, right? I'm going, if we were, we'd be also chasing Chad and Brian Elander. Yeah, exactly. So, so right. <laughs> so when I thought of that and just being realistic, I was like, this is just still part of your training. And that was, I, I think intuitively, I think we've been working through this long enough. I intuitively figured that was kind of the case. Yeah. Um, Cause it also falls on my three hour threshold day. Right. And so you're going to go out and you're just going to hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you got some soft tosses in this week that'll help you. I, you know, you never want to have an athlete go to the start line feeling run down mm-hmm. because it's just going to foment like a bunch of negative yeah. thoughts about like where they're at and how they're racing. The first bad second that happens on course, totally, they're going to sit there thinking, man, Justin, right. I did this and I should have done that. And so, but the truth is, dude, we could like literally just close our eyes and throw a dart at a calendar. In any one of those days, you can do a 25 mile threshold effort. And whether you're tapered or not is going to be the difference of like minutes, a few minutes, one way or the other. So, and, and I felt that on my ride on Monday. I looked at your my zone. You were able to like pin yourself to the finish line of a three and a half hour effort. Yeah. And I called you afterwards, and you sounded like Marlboro Man. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to let you go, because it sounds like you're still getting your life back to yourself. I was. I was. The ride on Monday was a big breakthrough ride for me, which it seems silly to just have a breakthrough ride on a trail I've ridden. Some of those, I was, I was looking at uh, some of my efforts, and I got some PRs. There was a PR I'd been chasing since 2016. Um, and in some cases, I've got 70-some-odd times through some of those segments. So it's... It was funny to have a semi breakthrough ride, not so much physically, but there was some uh, some new mental gymnastics, and it was on a not race ride where I finally clicked. Who cares if you crater before you finish? Right. I've always been the completion guy. I would rather finish uh, with more in the tank than maybe not finish and. On Monday, I really, really finally had that genuine moment of, so what if you went back to the car? Right. That's awesome because you missed the group call for Dawn of Dusk last week. Mm -hmm. And that's precisely what was intimated from Shane's recap of his Bailey Hundo. Okay. Uh, Because he's ready to see where is the limit. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how you really, you just have to go find it. And you don't find it by... Always making sure you can get home, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I, it was in truthfully. So the last time this season that I did that ride, I didn't, I didn't get that one PR I was after. I got other PRs and I, I averaged, I, I finished that ride shattered. I mean, I f- felt like I had just completed a race. So to me, that was the, you know, fully understood that assignment. Good. <laughs> Um, I, I was a zombie at home that night. Molly's like, do you want to cook dinner? I said, we can cook or I can just not eat. Like, or eat this I don't, box. I don't, yeah. <laughs> this box in front of the ketchup. If the dog sits still for too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the difference of allowing myself to throw it away, throw away the caution of, 
well, what if I don't finish with a little bit left was 0.1 mile an hour on the average speed. <laughs> 0.1. Right. So it was just a, it was a huge breakthrough ride for me. Yeah, it was great. I, like I said, I looked at all of it and you could tell you were stoked and that's what's cool. That's It's cool to find that you can be stoked and that's where there are people in our groups that just don't, they don't get why we train in a structure or train with a purpose or train with a focus. I just want to ride for fun. Yeah. Um, man, it feels like really good when you can still be like, I'm having fun and I have a focus. Yeah. I'll argue that the focus is, is more fun. Um, sure. Absolutely. People and, think, yeah. And, and I mean, so I was out there from like three, three thirty to five or three thirty to, I don't know, it was after it was, it was a high traffic and there are people who I'm, Passing going out and passing coming back and passing going out because I did a, an out and back twice. Um, and the one of a like two or three guys were just like, dude, second lap. I'm like, yeah, I just got to get it in. And a couple other people just had this like, did I just, I thought I, I saw him, is he doing this twice? So there's like that little like swell of yeah, yeah. being a badass too. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tell his personal story on air for anyone who wants to listen. But one of the guys at the camp <laughs> this last week, uh, Ben, we were connecting Strand Hill, which is this really cool like eight-mile loop in Crested Butte. It's super fun, kind of a grunty uh, double-track climb road and dirt road climb up, and then it just whips into just beautiful, fun single track, and it finishes with a river crossing where you get to walk through with your shoes, which mm-hmm. is so... Uh, par I'm for the course. So jaded to that now. <laughs> yeah, and that's what people were like taking off their shoes and this, and I just grab them. I just walked through, yeah. and then our whole squad walked through, and everyone else was like, "Wow, that looked a lot easier." I'm like, uh, "They're just shoes, and yeah. getting wet is just come Costa Rica. Part of the game. You aren't dry." Yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, we're we're connecting Strand Hill back towards town, and some of us were going up Baxter Gulch, super cool climb for six miles, and others were going to ride uh, the upper upper loop back to town. And he mentioned, he goes, man, years ago I was here in Crested Butte and I was sitting at a bar, right? So a different version of himself. Totally different version of Ben. And I'm sitting at a bar and I'm hearing these stories of these guys talking about how they rode from town. And I sat there and thought, wow, that's so cool. Because he had been doing shuttle rides. You know, he was in Mm -hmm. town, he's doing shuttle rides and at the bar and then at restaurants and hanging out and having the bros trip or whatever it might have been for him. But to then go, I'm one of those guys now. It was really neat to see that look mm-hmm. on his face. And when you're out doing these training rides on trails that you've been riding for years, but you're doing them with a different focus, mm-hmm. it's really neat to go like, oh, I'm I'm that dude. Like we talk we talk about the ride to the ride all the time now. Yeah. And that really started in 2020 mm-hmm. with COVID. With COVID, I mean. And now Thanks, COVID. Yeah, right. Is that not the right thing to say? No, you can totally say thanks, COVID. Okay. Like I got this van <laughs> that every time I step in it, I go, Thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's great when you can experience that. And that's, again, going back to kind of the, the overarching theme of this episode is when you can leverage where you've been, what you've done into what you're going to do and kind of keep moving forward, we can avoid those pitfalls that come post-event, post-season, post-whatever, post-getting two bikes stolen out of your van two days <laughs> yeah. ago, right? Like If you just go, okay, but now what am I going to do? Uh, we can get past that and we can we can get past the physiological effects that we cannot change, but you just accept and move forward. Sure. It's freaking awesome. Um, so to kind of 
get us back on track, we were so again. I don't like you have events this year. You have more events yeah. this year, right? Yeah. And I've got so I've got sil- uh, Firecracker Fifty Silver Rush. Sometimes is one of sometimes somebody's only event. Yeah, I mean it's a marquee fifty miler that is no ho, it's, no joke, yeah, eight thousand no, feet. Well, there's no soft toss. It's up or down. Yep. Yeah, that one is that's the challenge. But um, based on what I you know I had a a good goal last year and my fitness was better than when I did it in 2017. I think the new course definitely aided me hitting that time goal last year. I'm not, not to short sell the fitness, but just knowing that like now that I see where I am versus where I thought I was at silver rush last year, it was great to hit that time goal, but it wasn't just me. It was also some easier, not easier, faster course layout. Yeah. I mean, um, but and you'll be faster this year. I'll be faster this year. Period. So, yeah. So I've got some goals there. But then looming, I should be terrified that I still have Brack Epic to do. Yeah, but isn't it funny that you're not? <laughs> I take it very seriously. And yeah. I I know it's a big event. I know it's going to be hard. But this is now, this will be my third stage race, my second time through Brack Epic. So I'm still, I'm still chasing something i'm still chasing a dopamine dump <laughs> right right um i've got a challenge for you on this because okay. another one of our athletes i chatted with this week and we we were discussing an event he had this year it's completed now he had done the event in the past mm-hmm. and there comes this this sneaky pressure that happens when you do a repeat event mm-hmm. um when you do a repeat event, especially the second time, now the third, the fourth, the fifth time, like okay, then it just becomes like I know what this is. Mm-hmm. But the second time you do an event, you know enough to be really dangerous. Meaning, you should be faster. You know the event. You should be faster. You have better fitness as long as you're moving forward in your training. That can really get you if you're not feeling like you're faster during that event. So we had a racer redo an event in. Intra event while pedaling goes, damn it, I'm not where I want to be. Damn it, I'm not feeling how I, how I thought I'd feel. Damn it, I'm not in the field where I thought I'd be in the field. And then only after a day or two later, looking at all the data, realized he was many, many minutes faster on the race. Right. But didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. Because we start to get these expectations, you know? So like you now can look at Breck Epic and say, I have an expectation of how I'm going to do. And if you hit that, but don't feel like you're hitting that, it can really wreak havoc on you. I've thought about that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, the only thing that, the only thing that is checking some of that is that I'm doing a duo. Right. So you, you can't be, you can't be any faster than your group. Right. It, you know, just like, and you know, same goes for Colin. Like there, there's going to be stuff. I've ridden with him long enough to know that there's terrain out there that better suits him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a faster downhiller than I am. And so collectively, he and I have to set our expectations of how the days are going to play out. Um, so, I, I again, with the mental gymnastics, I've been kind of taking some of the pressure off of myself in that capacity. Well, I think the duo thing is really cool because with duo, you you're – like you said, you're using each other mm-hmm. and you actually kind of forget that you're racing. So 
you end up just going and say, okay, I'm going to chase him on downhills. He's going to chase me on uphills. We're going to chase each other really well on the flats. Like the duo thing, it gets away from the race mm-hmm. because now you're just trying to ride really fast and hard together. Correct. Okay, I'd like to smooth that out, but let's just be real what happened here. There was a knock <laughs> at the back door. So, um, uh, okay, if you've been listening to this episode and you're like, how do these guys just go left right now? Just stay with us. Yeah. Um, we're coming back, you know, dopamine, blah, 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 bike racing. But Abby just knocked on the back door of the shop to bring us. You didn't know, but I had put in this full coffee order for us. No, I'm sitting here looking. I've got coffee to finish, yep. and I'm excited about that. But I also have oat milk in the fridge upstairs. Oh, amazing. The <laughs> fact that you just said that, so we can we can doctor these up just a little bit, which is amazing. So uh, um, so I think uh, one of the uh, the great things about our our podcast is it's all very uh, full full disclosure. Yeah, there's the, the pants are always down. Yeah, yeah, we are. So, yeah, look, yeah, this episode's janky because we got interrupted for coffee and breakfast. Yeah, Sorry, and guys. now and now I'm kind of just thinking about this impossible <laughs> breakfast sandwich that I have and these egg bites. Um, which I had to have Abby come and do it because as I said, very, um, like offhanded comment, my van got broken into two bikes were stolen and my wallet was stolen. Now, those of you listening are like, dude, why do you keep your wallet in the van? Hey, thanks. Hindsight. Okay. <laughs> but my wallet was all black leather and there was a sneaky little, uh, there's a sneaky little section underneath my ignition. That's all black, like dark little cave there. And so you can't even see that there's a wall. Well, obviously you can. But uh, clearly, <laughs> but it's not like it's not like I have my wallet on the dashboard. Well, every card I own was in the wallet, which again, I know. Thank you, hindsight somebody who's going to leave a message on the website. Hey, you should keep one credit card at your house. Yeah, I get that now. So I found myself now with very minimal access to access funds. to money. <laughs> so I'm riding around right now. I got a fifty dollar bill and a business check in my zipper pocket of my jersey. <laughs> And I go, hey, Ab, when you finish at Starbucks, would you mind like bringing by some coffee and breakfast sandwiches? Because I'm kind of, I feel like I'm 16 again. Yeah. Like yesterday, <laughs> I rolled around town and I had $26. I put $26 of gas in the van yesterday because the gas light came on. It got me two gallons. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of, it's it's really exciting actually how I'm living right now. It's uh, you reliving those those. T- Teenage years, like, Ma, can I get five bucks for lunch? Totally. And when you when you were in that phase, like, whatever you had, that was all you had. Yeah. But you could use all of it. So it's kind There's of There's no holding back. Yeah. You didn't want to go home with 28 cents and change. No, 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 no. no you're using it all. So I uh, I rolled into Sprouts yesterday in the van, uh, again, with without really any access to money. And I had to go to the head cashier. And they wear the light blue shirts, for those of you that needed to know. And I said, hey, do you... um. I didn't think it was going to be true. Hey, do you guys take checks? She goes, oh, yeah, you can write a check. I'm like, you can write a check for groceries in 2022? This is sweet. I've been caught behind those people <laughs> that still do. So uh, uh, anyway. All right, diversion. But um, yeah, you and Colin are going to race together. That's a whole separate element. Um, like I said, I tried to see if Abby wanted to do it. But by the way, the conclusion of that conversation it was, was absolutely not. It was a hard no. It was across the board hard no. Um, so, <laughs> so I'll be there watching you guys go yeah. through that, which will be fun. Um, but the idea of leveraging, right? Like that is the, that's the difference. I, I truly believe that's the difference between a bike, a racer and somebody who just does this for fun and does some races, mm-hmm. which is what we've kind of talked about for your definition, 
view as an individual. Sure. It's all, it's about leveraging and, and I think it's really fun, right? Uh, you gotta be careful not to be in the, not to lose sight of the moment, which is why we recorded the LaRuda podcast. And it's why you've been eating freaking badass chocolate for the last <laughs> three weeks. How much chocolate have you eaten in three weeks? Actually. So I brought the, the ones I got, I got like five chocolate bars, which by the way was like $70. Yeah. Uh, I bought that for the shop, for all the people at the shop to just, I just put it out and said, Hey, this is the cool story about the place. And it actually lasted more than a day, which was impressive. Um, and then after that, I haven't had any. Oh, wow. But I did, Molly and I counted, we brought back 16 bags of coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> Good for you. And we have been like, like we, just so you know, you should have probably declared that because that's like anytime you bring something more than ten thousand dollars back into the country. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been doing a bag of nice coffee and then like slumming it for a week and then a bag of nice coffee and sl- so we don't want to go. Let's because you have a very well quaffed hairstyle right now. What is your slumming it coffee? Um, it's the big. I mean, it's not bad. It is organic rainforest coffee. It's just the the big yellow bag of Costco uh, beans. Oh yeah, no, that's slumming it for sure. I mean, it, it's certainly not. Yeah, no, I'm reserve right. beans from Starbucks. And no, yeah, you it, bought, you definitely got yeah, yeah Costco beans. That's all you had to say. Um, it, it's pretty good. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so we do we do have a lot of events left. We do. So I want to take a step away from events. Mm-hmm. Staying with this idea of like keeping the stoke going and leveraging. There's been a lot of activity in the, in the cycling world with pro riders, not doing races or even doing events, but doing really cool things Mm -hmm. with riding. So I got this guy, Jake Inger. He's a young kid out on the East coast, uh, in college. I think he's in grad school and super fast dude races for flow. And, uh, him and I became buddies at the Mohican and he just did, an FKT on a 351-mile loop he did continuous. And he got supported by Logan, Casper with Flow, and they're out there like helping him out with support, but he just did himself, and they're doing these cool FKTs. Um, a couple of these other guys, John and Will, young dudes from the East Coast as well, they're out doing uh, the Continental Divide Trail, not as part of the race. They started a week later, mm-hmm. and they rode across Canada first and now are dropping down in. So you're seeing a lot of this cool adventure riding. Payson's doing it. Like people are doing these things that aren't events, but they're just really cool things to go do. And uh, that's another great way to keep the momentum going. And I'm in personally in like a six week block where I don't have any events that I need to care about. And so I was like, I'm just going to punish. Like I did 28 hours on the bike last week. That's madness. Over 30,000 feet of elevation gain. Yeah. In a week. I've never done that in a week ever before, but I'm in a spot now where I'm like, I can kind of do whatever I want. My training right now is just more. Just do more. Like, mm. Do more of it because your next event's not for many weeks away. So picking really cool things you want to do, cool routes, um, cool adventures, a thing you want to go see. You know, I recommended to a rider just yesterday. I said, you know, I need you to start doing um, some long days, like 100 mile days on the bike um, as training. Why don't you take the family, tell them to go down to Manitou Springs and do this route that I have done in the past that goes from here to Manitou up over Rampart Range Road and just have them meet you there. You guys have dinner together and you ride back. He's like, dude, that's like a really cool idea. So that's another way to do this. And so with that in mind, what's just like a fun thing you've, because I'm like, I watch you on the interwebs (laughs) and you troll, you troll well. 
So what's something you've seen that's just like, I would love to do, that looks like so fun and cool if I had a few days, I just want to go do that. What's something like that for you? I don't know. I'd, I'd honestly have to think about that for a minute. Okay, well, without it being, like, we're not etching it on no, your No, no, I just, I don't know. I mean. Just throw one. <sighs> I mean, there's always just going and spending time somewhere and riding bike that's not Denver. You know, like yeah. going back to CB, going back to Steamboat with no agenda other than waking up, riding bikes. Eating, riding, eating, some, more riding bikes. some more bikes. Like, yeah. I've done that. I've done that. Twice. I've done it. Once we went to uh, Kurt Gowdy for a 4th of July weekend. Um, and this was back, I think, in 2017. Um, and that was what it was for three days. My wife hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, a good, we had a big group of people. And it was just every morning, wake up, make breakfast. Okay, what loop are we doing? Go back, miss the heat of the day, eat. I mean, it was just that for three days. Yeah, I did that in in the Butte this last week where before the camp started, I would do, I used the XC bike, full spandex, Mm -hmm. carbo rocket dude in the morning for about three hours and then kick it. And then I would ride big squishy bike for fun and baggies with like a bottle of water. And thank you, Victor. I didn't take any tools or anything. I just relied (laughs) on you. Like super just fun, casual, Uh squishy bike rides in the afternoon. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. And so because... So much of my life is dictated by the needs of other people's, the needs of my business, the needs of my training, uh, things that I've imposed on myself, like signing up for events. The fantasy oftentimes is going somewhere with no agenda. And if I wake up one day and don't want to go for a bike ride, having license to just not go for the bike ride. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, are you, what did you... Yeah. I, so you started talking just now and, and I blacked it just, out it just, all of what you... But it, that's the you know the that's to me that's the cool thing is yeah so yeah. i'm afraid it's not as ambitious as like go ride segments one two and three of colorado trail and you know that whole that's just yeah i hear you <laughs> so that was not sorry, what I, think, I was expecting i know to get from. i i'm so sorry so for people who are listening to this what is a cool thing you guys would want to go do um because we just don't always get that that flexibility and sure. that freedom and so just in watching these pro riders go do this cool, fun stuff, I'm just like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do the the Continental Divide. I don't think I, – I really don't think I want to do it. I don't want to do anything with a um, bag on my bike. I think that's the problem. Yeah, the bag on the bike's a deal. I don't um, think – I don't think – you know, last year when LaRuta got canceled, we actually came up with a plan to go do a three-day bike pack, and it didn't happen, and I was – very happy. Like I don't want a bike pack. I'm like, that's just, yeah, it's not, you know, everybody has an opinion about how they are going to experience the sport of cycling. Some people are, I'm an e-biker or I'm a bike racer or I'm a this or I'm a that. Um, I'm all of those things, but above all of them, I am not an e-biker or so, a bike packer. Yeah. Because we know the other, I am an e-biker and I'm not even sad about it. I rode it on Sunday. It was awesome. We, we have really come full circle with e-bikes on this podcast, like big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I still have a thing I'd really like to do. It takes it takes a village. Um, the Colorado Trail, and a rider I've been working with recently, he's doing the CTR race this year. Mm. Um, it's in August. So the full race mode, and it's it's a suffer fest. And mm-hmm. I, I know I don't like to use that word. I say I don't use that word. But if you're trying to ride 450-plus miles in seven days, less than seven days – 
And all you've brought is like a piece of Tyvek to wrap yourself up in to sleep for like a few hours here. A couple and there. hours here and there. Like you're, you, that's gonna hurt, you know. Big time. I would love to have the Colorado Trail as a full deal, but positioned along the way over the course of, and still fast. So like eight or nine days, which is quick. Which is quick, but having a camping crew that goes in advance of you, you know, 40 miles, 70 miles, 112 miles, whatever, whatever it is your day, for day is, yeah. And then they set up everything and you roll in um, to maybe like a big canvas tent and the tables are out and there's food and you got Normatex and yeah. then you have campfire and coolers so, full of drinks and hanging out. So that would eliminate the need to have bags on my bike. Yeah, and you just bike for the day. And so I could get on board with that? Yeah. So <laughs> I, that is a thing that I'm still. You know, and I don't know what the I don't know what the evolution is of dawn to dusk, but that's something that I see really as a cool. potential because then it'd just be fun. And That'd be a big experience that people would I totally. think line up for. And I've got uh, through my pro form window. There's this company that makes canvas tents, like and it looks like yeah. Mash. Yeah. You know, it's like those bit. Sorry, Mash. For those of you that are listening, <laughs> was a TV show that most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not even to, gonna try. Just look it up. Yeah, um, but they have these big, awesome canvas tents, I'm like something like that, where yeah. you roll into it. And so yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I'd, I'd love to organize something like that. I think it'd be a blast. Um, that yeah, and again, eliminating the need for any sort of bag on my bike. I'm, I'd, I'd yeah, be, I'd be. You'd have it. hydration pack and a couple of bottles <laughs> yeah, in the totally. frame, and go out and have just a great, you know, five hour, six, seven hour days. Yes, but still um, rolling into some sweetness. So you're you're referencing leveraging, uh, you know the dopamine and and the shut off and chasing events. Um, and I went from a place of in January. Well, really, when did they announce that it was December? Maybe November that they said Laruda was going to be. Yeah. Um, in May, I went. If I look back on that person there was so much anxiety compounded into i've got five or six months to get this put together to do it to now i realized basically by having all my events at the end of the summer i was wasting half a year of training (laughs) yeah yeah if it had it not been in may right yeah um and so now so there's a funny thing with the this whole gratification of big events and you know chasing that that basically chasing a high sorry let's be yeah, real yeah yeah is um i proposed a a next year uh big event oh yeah yeah that you. was that was i um and it's I, in april yeah i was driving when you said it's that an to hour me. it's an hour it's a month earlier I was driving when you said that to me, um, listening to the wind howl from that broken window <laughs> um, and realizing that the AC doesn't work when you have a giant gaping wound in the <laughs> side of it. just sucks the cold air right <laughs> out the window. And you, you text it and you did it in pieces, much the way I know I text you, right? Like rapid fire machine gun texts. And I said, yes, full commit before you even got to finish <laughs> did. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to Croatia. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, like we're going to Croatia. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of riders do it as a duo this year, mm-hmm. and they did awesome. Those freaking ladies crushed it. And then they were racing just some amazing terrain, the Croatia Four you Islands. You sleep on a boat. Dude, I'm on a boat with my flippy flops. 
and you talked about it. Now we there's some details that we still have to iron out. So you know, um, in terms of like how it's going to be done, but they're all duos, right? And yeah. So, so it's a, it's part of the uh, the epic race, which is if everybody knows the the Absa Cape Epic, that's their that's their Leadville 100. That's their marquee event. Um, but all these other races, they have six other races all over the world. Yeah. They all look cooler than the Cape Epic. Yeah. Um, specifically this Croatia one, it's called four islands and I mean, islands and bike racing and boats. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, all the way. And so that's going to happen. Um, and then we'll get details, but I, I defaulted to not specifically like, Hey, what, what? male team member am I going to ask? But it was just, all right, do I do it with Colin? Do I see if Justin wants to figure out a way to do it together? Because you have to do duos. Like, yeah. there's no choice. Um, so my mentality was just like, right, who's on the team that, you know, yeah, Colin and I could, in theory, do it, but I don't know if he wants to do it. So who else, what other, you know, who else on the team is about a good pace for me? And then I kind of shook the Etch-A-Sketch, and I was just like, we have a lot of rad ladies on the team. Yeah, what would be a cool storyline? What's a cool experience? Yep. What's a right partner? I think I think, I think, think it could be great. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to see where that and goes. And I think the potential partner is, I think we can be like pretty even riders. Yeah. And, uh, and get along. That's yeah. the other thing with a duo. Yeah, yeah you right? got like, You got I asked my wife to do Brack Epic, <laughs> and she gave me a gigantic middle finger. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the idea of like, well, what are also good partners? You sure, know? yeah. So, Who can, because, yeah, because Colin and I very well may curse each, out, each other out five or six times during Brack Epic, but we've been friends for 35 years. So no matter what happens out there, no matter how mad we get, if we do get to a place where there's frustration or anger with one another, it's okay. We can come back from yeah, that. Yeah, come Sunday, you'll be friends again having breakfast. Exactly. I'm not 35 years deep with anybody else on the team. So yeah. then it's like, who else can I potentially have to be like mean to on course that I can also accept them potentially having to be mean to me? Like, yeah. who's that other person? Yeah, there aren't a lot of them. That... It's, a, it's just a short list. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that could be cool. But yeah, so, we, you know, um, some takeaways, some tricks here. Instead of seeing these individual stories that we tell as just that, like small little stories, they're just simply chapters, and you're just trying to get to that next page, mm -hmm. you know? And so the idea of leveraging it, I think that's the only way to not have those little dark spells post-event. Those little dips, those little drops, like coffee can take you so far, but sometimes <laughs> you got work's got a little be a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, so, you know... How do I use the fitness I gained there to do a harder event or better event? Or how do I use the fitness I gained there to go do a cool thing I wanted to do? I mean, talking to you in 2016 when you went, or 2017 when you went to Kurt Gowdy, yeah. right? You now could do so much more at that exact same park for those exact same amount of days simply because of like the work you've put in. And I think that's sure. a, a takeaway we don't oftentimes flex into with, with why training is so good for us. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it, the, this week was the first week that the, the, like the, the, the emptiness of being between big events had hit me and it was weird because there was a steady stream of people coming in. Oh, and so you kind of get to relive it. I'm sure yeah. the, uh, Colin 
hates hearing about LaRuda at this point. He's heard the story 3,000 times since I got back. Uh, to interject, uh, dude, the amount of props the listeners of this podcast have given you to me, um, and I'm sure they gave it to you if they saw you, but if they, yeah. like, so many people are inspired by what you did. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I mean, Which, that's, that's humbling. It gives that little, like, a little, like, puff yeah. up for sure. Yeah. So many people uh. are, you know, and does that mean they were all dicks and doubted you? I don't know. Maybe. Like, they, <laughs> they all doubted you in advance of it. But I think really what it is is that they go, um, Wow, he he like really is the guy, the not just the bike shop owner mm-hmm. and the guy that knows tells me like what tire inserts to use, but like he's the guy who went and did the thing. I think it it, it was it was really cool. Like I was proud for you when yeah. I would hear people say that stuff. I was like, nice. hell yeah, man, that's so, awesome. Um, and hey, if they did doubt me, I ain't even mad at it because I knew the the work that I was doing yeah. to get ready for it and there was still moments of doubt, doubt that can can creep in right like totally. you, you totally. know you know you're you know you're shoveling the coal in you're harvesting the hay you know you're you know you're doing the stuff but you're just like well there's some x factors so if there are people who weren't watching me day over day doing shit and they had a little bit of doubt I I couldn't blame them. You know, I'll tell you what. I, I had <laughs> uh, one of our team riders, Victor, his son, Quinn, raced uh, this last weekend in Crested Butte, the Wildflower Classic. Uh-huh. It was a kid's race. Sure. All the way through juniors. And so, you know, they had, trust me, there were people on that course that were faster than me. These 18-year-old kids are rippers, right? Crazy. So he did his, and it was a nine-mile race. And um, his mom had told me yeah, he's pretty nervous. And I sent him a, a video message at like 10 p.m. the night before the race. And I told him, I'm nervous every time I'm at the start line, buddy. Yeah. Right? Like, you always have doubt. You always have nerves. But then once it's like go, they all go away if you can just focus on one thing. I'm going to ride as hard as I can for the next insert distance. And that was kind of my message to him. I was like, hey, you know, you're. it's going to feel super awkward until it's green light go. And then as long as you don't provide space for that, you're just going to go. And so from a nine-year-old to a 39-year-old to a 42-year-old, like – it doesn't, it's it, just, it, it doesn't, just, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that all came together semi nicely. Well, and also I'm now, now I'm super excited for these <laughs> egg bites in yeah. this impossible sandwich. Yeah. And like I, uh, I've got 45 minutes ish till the shop opens. So that's like a nice little time to just sit and chill and, and then go do bike shop stuff. And with that, the next time we'll talk to you guys will be after Firecracker 50, where we had a huge team outpouring last year. It's like it's happening again. I think it's going to happen again. So uh, looking forward to that. I know I head up to Breck on Friday and uh, plan to do a bunch of riding in advance of the event. And then I'll see you up there on Sunday. and Maybe Saturday. I like where your head's at. Yeah. All right, guys. So until we All talk right. to you then. Cool. Thanks for listening, y'all. Get the fuck out! You're weak! You're done!